0: Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. I'm your host, Eric Stephen. It's Friday, July 29th, uh, heading into the weekend before the trade deadline, so what better time for a mailbag? I asked for Dodgers questions and you all uh, provided. uh, So here are my answers to a few of them. Uh, Let's just get right to it. Uh, Steve SD in the comments asked, who's a better or more likely trade target for the Dodgers? Juan Soto or JD Martinez? So I want to say uh, Martinez mostly because I don't think it's likely the Dodgers trade for Soto at least during the season Um, I suppose it's possible like during the off season. Um, but like then again, the net, some team like, you know, the Padres or I don't know, you know, the Cardinals, like maybe they meet whatever price the nationals are looking for now. So maybe Soto's not available, but I just, I don't think the Dodgers will trade for him at the trade deadline. If they do, it would maybe be something more in the off season and we'll see if Soto's even around till then. But, um, I I, do say Martinez uh, mostly because so he qualifies right as being a superior right handed bat. Um, entering uh, Thursday, he was hitting 295, 363, 471. Uh, his home run totals are down, he has nine, but he does have 30 doubles. He has a 132 uh, uh, WRC. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the season, he's got about seven million left on his contract, he's earning just under 20 million this year. Uh, plus the last time he was traded in season uh, he hit four home runs in a game at Dodger Stadium that September so hey, uh, hit lightning in a bottle twice you know, uh, that was in 2017 when he went from the Tigers to the D-backs um, and yeah but like, then you look cl- closer though uh, every single one of Martinez's 83 games um, have been at DH this year he hasn't played the field it's hard for me to see the Dodgers locking in a full time DH really, um mostly because they like keeping Will Smith's bat in the lineup um, uh, most of the time when Austin Barnes starts at catcher and they like to use the space to rotate others like Justin Turner especially like to keep them fresh so I think it eats into their flexibility now I still think they would consider it if, if they were like felt they really needed a bat like that but it, it really does sort of limit uh, their other options so, I think the more likely of those two is neither. Um, And then, you know, maybe they, if they're going to get a bat, they just get more of a, um, uh, more complimentary piece. Um, I know we brought up uh, Brandon Drury before someone like that, who you don't have to start every day, but you could start a lot if you wanted to, but also you can move him around at different positions. Whereas if you get Martinez, you're basically getting a DH and, uh, it's, it's really tough to see them sort of doing that. Um, next question is from Dodger John. Um, one player who seems to be overlooked and at least worth a shot is Carson Fulmer at OKC. He has a 160 ERA and his whip is just over one. He strikes out more than one per inning. Uh, what am I missing? So, I was you know, I was looking into this because he does have really good numbers. As he mentioned, um, he's pitched really well with in AAA. You know, he does have a 160 ERA. I will say also, he, so he's only given up seven earned runs. He's also given up six unearned runs. Now, obviously, those don't count against ERA. But then if you look at the underlying numbers, his FIP is 387. So it's it's not like he's out there just absolutely dominating. So I was trying to figure out part of the reason why the the such a gap between um, ERA and FIP. One of the reasons, he does have a high walk rate. It's 11.7%. That's in, like, Ryan Pepio range. Um and uh, though he's only allowed two home runs in 39 and the third inning, so that's good. It's a high offensive environment, the Pacific Coast League. So um, he, I would say also he's gotten probably lucky. Like uh, he's, his batting average on balls in play is only 215. That doesn't really seem sustainable. That said, he's still pitched well. Like it's not, you know, you're just not getting like some super dominant guy. Like if you remember last year like Kevin Quackenbush it took him forever to give up an earned run, and then like the Dodgers called him up for like a weekend, and then he just got kind of torched in his one game, and then was pretty much done for. I don't think it's necessarily that like extreme or something like that, but uh, that's sort of what you're looking at. But I-, I looked a little further. So among the 21 Oklahoma City pitchers this year with at least 10 innings, uh, only Yency Almonte, who's at 42%, Garrett Clevenger, 38%. Jose Adames, a uh, sort of 20, 29-year-old journeyman, is at 32.5%. Ryan Pepio at 32%. The O's are the only ones with a better strikeout rate than Fulmer, who is at 28.4% heading into Thursday. Um, in July, Fulmer's been even better. He's only allowed two runs in 15 innings. He has 18 strikeouts. It's over 31% strikeout rate and only three walks, so that's a good sign. So, um, but perhaps I think what makes him more attractive to a possible call-up uh, in that in his uh, 12 appearances, his last 12 appearances, he's only allowed, uh, I'm sorry, he's, he's pitched more than one inning in half of those games. So, you know, we've seen this, like this just recently, the Dodgers, um, they tend to use guys one inning at a time. And then when you get at a situation where you have a bunch of close games in a row, uh, you run out of pitchers because you're only using them one inning at a time, and then you have to use the lower end of the totem pole um, uh, in higher leverage situations. So maybe if you have a pitcher who can go a little longer uh, every once in a while, that could help uh, the bullpen. Uh, it has a little bit of that right now, but it, it's pro- it could probably use a little more. Um, so like that's like a uh, another notch in Fulmer's belt. Um, so AAA games are on Statcast. You can get a little. A little insight into how the sausage is made, you can see some of the, you know, the um, velocity, the swing and miss stuff. So through Fulmer's last game on Tuesday, uh, his fastball average is 93.2 miles an hour this year. Um, It's really right in line with, like, all six of his seasons in the majors. Nothing really stood out. Um, So but it doesn't always, like, you know, stand out. He doesn't necessarily have to have a blazing fastball to be successful. But you look at someone like Dylan Batances, right, who in his, in his heyday was throwing like 97. Uh, he's at like three three to four ticks below that, and his ERA is around 10. He, he hasn't been the same since like 2018. Uh, he's just been battling injuries. Uh, he's really four years removed from his last healthy season. Uh, Pedro Baez, in his first game with Oklahoma City on Wednesday, he only averaged 91 miles an hour on his 14 fastballs. Um, and got no swinging strikes on the pitch. So that's, like, a little concerning. So these are, you know, veterans on minor league deals, other potential options down the road. Uh, It's my long way of saying Fulmer hasn't exactly been dominating, but I would still say he's in the mix, uh, especially if the Dodgers, like, need a fresh arm. Like, literally the bullpen, as I'm recording this, has Jake Reed and Phil Bickford. I mean... These are, uh, I mean, all, all due respect, these are imminently replaceable arms, right? If they needed, uh, you know, they, they were in a crunch and had to get a fresh arm up, Fulmer is certainly someone you'd consider. Um, he was already considered this year. Like, they brought him up uh, at the end of April, um, and he wore number 56, in case you are wondering. If, if you're wondering why I'm reminding you, that's because he didn't pitch in the two days he was active. Uh, and then they sent him down. He, they designated him for assignment. He cleared waivers and was sent back in AAA. I think if you see Fulmer, it might be more of a repeat of that situation where they need a fresh arm for a few days and then maybe do, try to do the, the waiver gambit again and keep him. And maybe they don't. Uh, maybe they do. But I don't think they're all that concerned either way about it. But uh, definitely someone worth considering. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's not far-fetched to see him in the majors this year. Okay we'll answer a few more questions uh, after this. Oh, our next question is from 68 El Camino 427. Uh, you might know him as Gary. Uh, how do you really feel about the trade simulator? Uh, I hate it uh, but let me explain uh, for the site itself, right baseball trade values. it's expertly set up. It tries to mimic how major league teams act in real life. That's all well and good. My objection is mostly how it's perceived and how it's sort of used as gospel. Um, for me, like the concept itself is a little too close to add up the wars, um, and which I don't think uh, works. Um, like an eight-win player is much more valuable than two four-win players, for instance. Um, but it leads to it mostly leads to a lot of folks in the comments and online mentions on Twitter. And other places, using the trade simulator with too much certainty, like, you know, you have to do this, this, and this. I just don't see it. I just think it adds another layer of uh, just really poor analysis in some cases. To me, it's akin to the Twitter account UMP scorecards, uh, which is fine for what it does. But it's also helped spawn dozens of whiners about the strike zone in every single game. Uh, so here, my pledge to you is uh, give me a, a baseball telecast without the strike zone box, and then some front office hire should hire the baseball trade value folks so we can push the trade simulator into the incinerator. Uh, yeah, that's maybe a little harsh, but uh, that's how I feel. And apologies. But next question uh, is: Does uh, is from fifty five Leonard's? Um, I'm assuming I never asked him about this, but I'm assuming. That is some sort of oral Hershiser reference um, in his username. I will get to the bottom of this, hopefully. Um, does the announcement that Chris Taylor can play infield influence the uh, conceivability that Max Muncy or Hanser Alberto will be included? Will not be included in a postseason series. So. First, on the Taylor issue, him being cleared to play second, it does increase the roster flexibility, which has obviously been a huge sort of uh, hallmark of the, the Andrew Friedman like era uh, under the Dodgers. They've always had like multiple players who can do infield, outfield, play all over. You know, Max Muncie more in the infield, but playing a lot of positions. Um, it really helps them in terms of decision making in game and otherwise. Um, so, I. Taylor certainly helps that. Now, earlier in the season, he was coming off elbow surgery. They wanted to limit um, the strain on his elbow and they didn't want him moving around and like changing arm angles and putting um, further, like further taxing his elbow. So they just limited him to the outfield. And er- it sounded like earlier in the year that they were going to keep him in the outfield all year. But um, uh, Dave Roberts uh, earlier this week on Monday told reporters that Taylor's now cleared to play infield. So when he comes back, he's going to basically be like second base, left field, center field. And uh, once he returns from his broken foot. So, and that's probably, I don't know, a week away or something like that. Now that opens up some possibilities for what position players the Dodgers might acquire too, right? Like since if Taylor's both infield and outfield, if he was only outfield, it wouldn't make a lot of, a lot of sense to just like acquire an outfielder. But like you can now because... You have both Lux and Taylor on the infield. Um, You know, all those guys can sort of move around a little bit. Um, What it does do, it it, it could further cement um, Cody Bellinger into more of a platoon role with both Taylor and Trace Thompson taking at bats against uh, left handed pitchers for center field. Um, I don't necessarily think it means much for the postseason roster slots for Muncie and Alberto, at least not directly. But it, it it could depending on uh, what other position players they acquire at the trade deadline. So if you look back to last year, so the, the division series it's a five game series with two days off. So you don't uh, you can get by with fewer pitchers because you're uh, you only play at most two games in a row. So uh, two days in a row, excuse me. So last year in the NLDS, the Dodgers carried twelve pitchers and fourteen position players on the roster. Then you go to the NLCS, which has the middle three games in a row, and then it's it's also two days off, but it's a seven game series, so they carried thirteen pitchers and thirteen position players. So I think it, it only becomes an issue the further they go, um, NLCS and World Series. Uh, you know, you look at them probably carrying thirteen um, pitchers in those cases, but like division series, it's probably going to be twelve, which which leaves spots for extra position players. I will say this given how patient the Dodgers have been with Muncie um, uh, even even more patient than Muncie himself is at the plate it seems I find it hard to believe he wouldn't make a postseason roster um even if it's in just in a reduced role so like even how how bad like Muncie's been at the plate this year he's been active for eighty four ga- or eighty five games as I'm recording this he started seventy five times so in July alone, he started 15 of 18 games, and uh, this is uh, while entering Thursday, he's hitting 131, 263, 328 this month. It is a tough habit to break to get him out of the lineup, let alone off the roster, if you're talking that far. So I don't really think Muncie's going to be out. So it seems to me that uh, it's more likely that Alberto might be left off of a postseason roster, but again, this really depends on. Who they get, who else they add. Um, So, you know, Edwin Rios has also been out a while. But uh, him starting a rehab assignment uh, on Thursday night in AAA is a a good sign. They've been kind of uh, uh, light on the information on him. He's on the 60-day injury list. We knew he couldn't come come back sooner than August 2nd. uh, But, like, didn't know much beyond that. He has a hamstring, uh, a major hamstring tear. So, uh, it, it looked like he could be out even longer than that. But now, it you know, now that he's starting a rehab assignment, he's probably closer than you think. I don't think he's going to be back on, like, August 2nd. But, like, sometime within, I don't know, a week or so after that, like, you could see him sort of returning. And then if he's back and then maybe you add a position player, you get Chris Taylor back, then then you start to have the crunch. Then it becomes, are Trace Thompson and Jake Lamb both still hitting? Because, you know, those guys, you know, could uh, – I would say Jake Lamb specifically could potentially be on the outside looking in. But, like, there, there's a lot of, like, sort of uh, more moving parts. And then also, do they st- do the others stay healthy, right? Uh, Justin Turner's 37. Uh, you know, uh, others uh, could get hurt. You know, you just don't know. And I think that you, you, that's probably why they still need to trade for someone, just to give them a little more options, even if it makes it a little uncomfortable in some of the decisions they have to make uh, in the interim. But, like, if, let's say they trade for a right-handed bat, right? Alberto isn't as needed to start against lefties as he, as he has been. Um, and it's probably less likely he enters the game as a defensive replacement late in games, uh, depending on who else is on the roster. That said, if I had to guess right now, I think both Muncy and Alberto will both be active in October. But, again, um, like, if everyone's healthy, like, maybe not. But, like, there's a long way to go between now and then. But I think they're just they're perfectly fine with with both guys. Um, maybe just in a reduced role, though. We'll see that. Um, now another from fifty uh, five Leonard's. Um, in general, how can players without options be removed from the active roster for a postseason series? So mostly because there there's no like minor leagues to option them to in in the postseason. It, it's like it's just a different animal. Um, so anyone who's in the organization before september 1st is eligible to play for that team in the postseason so they don't even have to be on the 40 man before then but they do have to be in the 40man um in, by the time they are are going to be active in the postseason so um but when they're not they're in the in like a postseason roster they're either on the roster or they're not and it's there's no there's no, like, option in between. It's just more limbo than anything. There's no – they're not sent anywhere. So, like, if you have a player who's been optioned five times it and he's on the NLDS roster, it doesn't mean you have to put him on waivers if he's not on the NLCS roster. He's just not on the roster. There's no more minors at that point. So, uh, the 40-man thing, uh, as an example, for uh, last year, Justin Turner uh, injured his hamstring uh, in the middle of the NLCS. And they replaced him on the roster, which knocked Turner out. It had the Dodgers advance, he wouldn't have been eligible to play in the World Series. Um, they called up Andy Burns, who at that point was not on the 40-man roster. He was in the organization before September 1st, um, but just not on the 40-man. At that point, he was earlier in the year, but then DFA'd and then cleared waivers, stayed around, all that sort of stuff. But they did have to make a 40-man move to, to put Burns on the 40-man and then ultimately the active roster. So... Um, they designated Edwin Useta the pitcher for assignment. Uh, another, like, I guess in theory you would think they could have put like Justin Turner on the 60 day injured list. But at that point in the postseason, there is no 60 day injured list. Like, um, so yeah, it, it does, There's a cost to it. Uh, you can't just like stash guys there. You still have to sort of operate a 40 man roster. So it sounds a little confusing and sorry if I didn't explain it well, but yeah, it, it, if a player's out of options, it doesn't affect the postseason, really. Like, um, in, um, just If they're there, they're there, and if they're not active, it, it's totally fine. They're not using another option. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the uh, mailbag this week. Thank you, everybody, for sending in questions. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about uh, a lot of these things next week when the trade deadline is Tuesday. But hope you enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you next week.